The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. What's up, everybody? Eric Franson, AJ Salveson. He'll be here shortly. He's hanging out at Utah State practice this afternoon. Be uh, running in here and giving us his uh, observations about what's going on today in uh, practices. Uh, Utah State practiced a little bit on Saturday. Back at it again today. And as a reminder, this week is your last and only week to go to practices and watch them. Uh, and then on, starting on Saturday, there'll be a closed scrimmage. And then the following week, practices will be closed all week long. They will do the family fun day, fan fest, whatever they're calling it. Uh, anyway, the scrimmage that they'll do, the blue-white scrimmage, that'll be coming up on August 17th. Uh, but then it's closed practices after that again. So uh, if you want to go up and see for yourself what this team is looking like, how the coaches are running practice, practices are open and you can go and, and check things out. So uh, I got a chance to go up to a practice the other day. I know Ajay's been up to a few. So uh, we'll get his thoughts about what he observed today. And a special assignment for today was, besides just overall what's going on, what's being observed, uh, is that we wanted him, uh, we talked about spending a little bit more time talking about the offensive line uh, today. Uh, that is one of the big question marks for the Utah State football's team as they head into the 2019 football season. So uh, what do they look like? Who are getting some of the reps? And uh, how is that shaping up? Granted, it's still a little bit hard to tell until they start going against each other. Uh, The teams did start to get together uh, in pads, helmets and pads uh, here just uh, on Saturday. So it's starting to take a little bit different flavor uh, of what these uh, what these players are like. Because uh, once you start running into each other and using a little more physicality, then you start to get a feel for what these guys really might be like under the helmet uh, this year. So uh, that's what's going on. We're also getting into a little bit about the NBA today. Uh, Team USA getting ready for this uh, World Cup. It's a basketball FIBA World Cup in Asia coming up in September. And players... In the original invitation, a lot of players were invited, and over a dozen have backed out. And uh, Donovan Mitchell, he is a part of this group that's going to be participating that was reporting in Las Vegas today. And uh, what kind of playing time will he get? Well, it seems like instead of being a potential practice squad guy, he may be a regular rotation guy. So uh, we'll get into a little bit about that. There's some news over the weekend about Carmelo Anthony whether or not he will find a home in the NBA uh, or if his playing days are over. And that also got Ajay and I thinking about there's been a lot of changes in, in, in some trades and in some free agency in the NBA. There's several different lists that have gone around about the top duos in the NBA and uh, prompted us to think about what are the new duos and what are the existing duos in the NBA and kind of go through some of our thoughts there, who we think may be better uh, suited for success uh, where they're at. So some NBA talk we'll sprinkle in there today as well. And then also a reminder today, starting up again, a two-hour show. We're going to be on the air until 6 o'clock tonight. We'll be doing that uh, every night, every weeknight, uh, from uh, 4 to 6 o'clock here on 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan, 
Also streaming online, 1069thefan.com. We'll be uh, continue to post all of our past episodes on 1069thefan.com as well, the podcast. If you don't go there, you can find them and subscribe to our podcast at various different places that publish those. And uh, we are publishing to most of the major podcast players out there. So uh, we're in many different places that you can listen and follow along. Also, coming up this week on Wednesday, we're going to be talking about high school sports. High school sports season is upon us. Teams are practicing, and the sports will begin, and teams will start competing here very shortly. And a representative for the Utah High School Athletics Association, or Activities Association, I should say, uh, will be joining us on Wednesday. And we'll cover a lot of different things, uh, transfers, uh, about uh, realignment, uh, this new RPI that's being used for football, and also lacrosse is coming in as a fully sanctioned UHSAA sport. And I know there were a lot of things, some controversy at the end of the year last year about sportsmanship, so we'll try to get into that and get that covered as well. So John Oglesby, he'll be joining us on Wednesday to talk high school athletics in the state of Utah. So that's all coming up. And we're also going to be working on, uh, we're currently working on lining up uh, guests, uh, the uh, high school football coaches, uh, to give us a preview for what their teams look like this year. And uh, a lot of different faces in new places. Uh, some guys that are, were here before in the region, they've just uh, wearing a different colored uh, polo or a different uh, hat on the sidelines now. So interesting to see the shuffle that took place uh, after the end of last football season. Uh, so anyway, those are some of the things that uh, we're working on over the next several days here on the Full Court Press. Uh, first thing first, want to get into uh, back to Utah State football. As mentioned, this team has been practicing for a couple of days now. Uh, first couple of days, it was the helmets, not really many pads, nothing really physical, and uh, just running through things, getting their legs underneath them. Uh, now they're starting to don pads and starting to go up against each other. So it, when you're just wearing a helmet and running around on the turf and nobody's jamming you at the line, you look very different than when it's the opposite. So what we saw the first couple of days could be very different from what we see in the, over the next couple of days uh, for Utah State. And we also want to specifically look at the offensive line. One of the guys coming back for the Aggies is Alfred Edwards, big body, big guy who uh, was uh, made his way out of the starting roster last year and was able to play some significant minutes. And uh, he's a, a player that's going to contribute to the offensive line again. Uh, he's a, just a sophomore, six foot seven, 310 pounds. He's a monster on the line. Al Lewis was able to catch up with him just the other day and uh, give us an idea about this offensive line unit and having T.J. Woods as a new offensive line coach for the Utah State Aggies. All right, let's continue here of talking about Aggie football. Alfred Edwards, only really big-time experienced guy returning to the offensive line. Does that put a lot of pressure on you? Uh, it doesn't really put a lot of pressure on me, I feel like. I feel like uh, I'm doing my best to try to help the, help the younger guys out and uh, really help them figure some stuff out. But we got a lot of talent, so I'm not really worried about the whole experience thing. So. We're just going to have to see during the season. Because you do have to become kind of like five becoming one to be a good offensive lineman. And I think the coaches would like to have maybe seven guys to kind of play the positions during the year. What does that look like to you? I feel like we're looking real good. We got some, got some young guys that are stepping up. We also got some, uh, some guys that didn't get as much playing time last year but are still 
we consider vets, so I feel like we're going to be pretty good this year. Give me, give me a name or two, or tell me what you see of some of the guys up front. Ali Afua, uh, Shaw, uh, Hack, there's a, there's a lot of guys. Oh, yeah, I like, uh, really like uh, Mick Afua coming back, Andy Koch, Carter Shaw, Ty Shaw. Like a lot of guys that are coming back that we, uh, I have a lot of trust in. So, yeah, we're gonna, we gonna be a unit and we're gonna go out and attack. Because last year, you know, things worked so great offensively most of the time that everybody goes, "Gosh, the offensive line must be doing a great job." We didn't really notice a whole lot of those kind of things. It, this this offense has a lot to live up to of of what you guys did last year. I mean, you're expected to be explosive. Uh, yeah, that's what we fully expect as well. Uh, we're going to come with the same mindset. We're going to attack every game the same way. So, yeah, I'm really excited. No changes offensively. It sounds like they want to run kind of the same kind of system. Is that what you see? Yeah, that's exactly what I see. We're going to be fast. We're going to attack. And uh, we're going to try to score a lot. Is it a fun type of style to play? Yes, sir. Completely. Okay. Give me um, just the new coaching staff, the changeover there. What has that been like for you as a, as a player? Have you enjoyed that? Give, us, give me some thoughts there. I've really enjoyed the coaching change. Coach is a really, uh, uh, he's really a player's coach. He really cares about us and uh, wants us to be as successful as possible. And the biggest other change for me was uh, Coach Woods coming in, the new online coach. And he's, uh, I feel like he knows what he's doing, and I have a lot of confidence, confidence in him. Coach Anderson's had him everywhere he's been. He's brought TJ along with him. That seems to, he's been kind of the constant, so he must be doing a heck of a job with offensive lines. Yes, sir. So, um, uh, what what is this team feeling? I mean, you know, Alfred, you're still kind of a young guy in the program, but still, you've been here. Uh, what is everybody feeling towards this season? I mean, the schedule and conference probably gets harder because you have to play the two tougher teams on the other side in, in the rotation. What are, what are your feelings going into the year? Uh, we fully expect to have the same kind of season as last year, if not better. We're going for that uh, Mountain West Championship this season, so yeah, I'm really excited for it. Was that disappointing to not get the championship at the end after the great season last year? Yes, sir. We're, we're always disappointed with uh, anything less than the Mount West Championship, so that's what we're going for. That's, so that's still the, the number one thing you're talking about this year? Yes, sir. Uh, you're, how did you come to Utah State? Give us a little bit of the story of how you ended up here. Uh, yeah, so I took my visit here after uh, my high school season, and I just really loved how uh, together the team was and uh, how uh, – the camaraderie of the team so I was like no I'm really on board with this mm -hmm. and uh yeah so uh we really uh did a good job since I've been here of turning the program around a little bit we had a down year before I came here and uh yeah we've been shooting up every year so looking to do the same thing did, I mean did you expect the Utah State experience to be like it has been uh yeah yeah I feel like everybody here was focused on winning games and that's what we that's been the main goal every single season so and then what just what about the campus life and being with the guys and having to go to school and class and education has that been what you wanted uh yeah it's been completely, completely what i want so uh yeah class for me has been going pretty good and then you know we got great tutors here great ap academic programs so and also the guy being around the guys a lot uh we're really close everybody so yeah it's been an overall really good experience for me so what position are you still listed as being a left tackle or a right tackle? or what, Do you know what position you'll probably play? Uh, I'll, put, I'll play wherever they need me. <laughs> are you ready to play multiple positions? Uh, I feel like I am too. Okay, yeah. so you could play any of the spots. Could, I mean, could you be a center? Uh, mainly tackle, the, okay. yeah, left or Mostly right. Mostly left or right tackle. Yeah, okay. I'm ready to play. 
Well, I, you know, I know you got experience, and I know you, you know, that that's got to lend itself to it. But again, it has to happen on the field, and you have to get out there and do it. Do you feel like there's a competition for spots on the offensive line? Oh, definitely. There's competition for spots really everywhere. We got a lot of talent that come in, and uh, we got to do is coming back. So there's always going to be that competition factor. So you know, that's where we're going to settle in the camp. Okay, Alfred. Nice to talk to you. Thank you. All right. Thank you, too. Appreciate it. All right, thank you, Al. Interesting comments from Alfred Edwards, a guy who was a, a part of the offensive line last year as a freshman and saw significant minutes before he got a little bit injured later in the season. But uh, he's coming back, and besides that, uh, a lot of new faces uh, for the offensive line for Utah State. Now, that being said, Utah State had developed such huge leads last year, and because of the new redshirt rule, guys could play – Four games, underclassmen could play four games and not have it count against them. And Utah State had such leads on teams that these guys were able to play significant snaps and series. So uh, it was good to see have Utah State have that kind of success last year to help them build on uh, those replacements for this upcoming season. And so Alfred Edwards, uh, he's going to have some competition himself uh, to try to maintain a, a starting spot. Uh, whether he gets moved to a different uh, position on the line or not. But uh, there's certainly that size is going to work well to help protect Jordan Love's blind side on the, as a left tackle. But um, still, a lot, of, uh, a lot of youth there, a lot of inexperience. There are some uh, juniors, there are some uh, junior college transfers that are going to be part of the mix for Utah State on the offensive line, uh, as well as some uh, guys that were able to redshirt last year and uh, still see some some solid time on the line with some of those things that uh, that happened uh, previously, as I as I detailed. Uh, coming up next, we'll be hearing a little bit more about the offensive line. Here from their position coach, T.J. Woods, uh, so his thoughts about the offensive line, which he compared to marinating a steak. We'll get into that a little bit later on here, uh, and uh, how this t- developing an offensive line is like marinating. The steak. You don't just throw it on there. You have to uh, prepare it properly and give it time to uh, ruminate and get the right flavor in there, and, and so it tastes the best. And uh, sim- something similar with the offensive line. I think it's really uh, some pressure for him uh, that he's placing placing on himself to get the offensive line figured out uh, in the starting rotations, figured out in depth chart, figured out quickly, so that they can spend time communicating with each other, being together with their units and understanding what they need to do day in and day out uh, when it's time for them to perform. So we'll hear from T.J. Woods coming up here in just a little bit. Also, as a reminder, Aj Salveson, he is on his way back from practices. He was up there today. He was, uh, give us, uh, he'll give us his observations of what he saw today. And a little bit later on, we'll be talking about the NBA. Some news today with uh, this Team USA getting ready for a FIBA World Cup. Who's in? Who's out? Will Donovan Mitchell make the roster? And uh, who else is uh, part of that uh, crew that will be representing the United States when they play in Asia next month? And some news over the weekend about Carmelo Anthony and whether or not he has a place in the NBA next season. And speaking of the NBA, just an interesting discussion that we'll have about some of the best duos in the NBA for the 2019-2020 season. New duos recently created through free agency or trades versus 
existing duos coming back for another year. So we'll get into that as well. Coming up next here on the Full Court Press, again, going from 4 to 6 tonight and every weeknight through the rest of the athletic season as we dial it up again, getting you ready for the best coverage that's going on to get ready for high school football, Utah State football, and all the fall sports coming up. It's the Full Court Press, weekday afternoons from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Eric Franson, AJ Salveson, Full Court Press, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. Hi, AJ. Hi. How are you? You know, it's good to it's good to uh, have football back, but man, it just makes our schedules that much more crazy. Like, I haven't seen you since Friday. <laughs> so our prep has been completely separate. So if we come up with anything that is similar, then it is by luck of the draw. Hey, season two of the Full Court Press underway. That's just crazy to me. Right, amping, amping up to a two-hour show again uh, here on 106.9 The Fan. And, yeah, trying to do the best we can to bring you the most coverage, the most in-depth, the most uh, audio uh, from those, hear from them, the, the people that make these things happen. Don't just take our word for it. Uh, we heard from Alfred Edwards just a moment ago. And let's hear from his position coach. Uh, you and I, when we... Did our stuff up the other day up at USU. We divided up for most of it. But we mm-hmm. were together when we got a chance to talk to TJ Woods, mm-hmm. uh, which was really good. Uh, here's a guy that uh, is going to have a lot of attention on him, whether he likes it or not, because so many guys on that offensive line from a successful team last year are not there. So how do they get replaced, and how does he put what team together? Um, let, let's hear what he had to say about that, answering that question and then what you observed today in practice. So first, here's T.J. Woods, the new offensive line coach at Utah State, making his return to Logan. We get a chance to talk to one of the big personalities on the coaching staff, T.J. Woods. <laughs> we, it's fun having some of these guys back on this coaching staff who were here at Utah State before they left to do other things, and now they're back. So for you, Coach Woods, what's that like for you to come back to Logan and Utah State? Uh, you know, I've, I've been asked that question a lot. I, I think it's kind of hard to explain. Um, I think just you know how much it means to to me and and my wife Kelly to to be back in Cache Valley um, to you know put that that U State logo back on our chest. I think it's a it it, it matters a lot to us. Um, you know, this was my first first full time job as a as a Division One coach. Um, the last stint we were here and. It was kind of my wife, my wife Kelly's. Um, you know, she went to nursing school while she was here, and and then you know worked at at, at uh, the specialty hospital, and and used to be the specialty hospital in North Logan there. And um, so, anyways, it, it, you know, we kind of um, got our first taste of what Division One football was. Um, you know, in, in our in our roles here, and and you know, we just always always love Cache Valley, love the people, right? I mean, to me, that's what really makes this place unique. Um, and I, I don't think I had quite the perspective the first time I was here, um, you know, in that area. Just I hadn't been any other places. Um, but, you know, now that I've been other places and I've experienced other things, um, you know, it, it really is a special place and, and we're fired up to be back. What about Utah State, the, the football program? As you come into this season uh, from – 
being away and now back, what's different, what's similar about this team and this football program at Utah State? Well, I can tell you it's a lot different than the first time we walked in these doors. Um, you know, obviously the, the uh, amount of success on the field um, is, is palpable, right? I think there's, there's definitely uh, a different buzz uh, around the program. Obviously the, f- the facilities um, are, are <laughs> a lot different. Um, you know than than what we've had uh, here when we were here the last time, and all that stuff is uh, is is really cool. Right? It's it's fun to be a part of, and and you know I think to me what hasn't changed um, are the kids in the program, the type of kid um, that you get to coach uh, when you have the pleasure of coaching at Utah State. Um, you know these kids are about ball. They want to compete. They want to learn, um, and they want to win. And you know, to me, that's that's the most important piece of all of it. Um, is just you know what what you can, you know who you can dump your knowledge into as a coach. Um, you know, is so powerful to me, um, and it's fun, right? It's fun when when you're surrounded by um, winners. You know, kids that uh, it matters to, um, and so to me, that's the most exciting piece. Uh, a lot of questions about this offensive line. Uh, this year and so a lot of people are going to be looking at you and how well they do but these are guys that got it's not like they're coming in just cold I mean with the the new red shirt rule with how the, the big leads that Utah State was able to get last year a lot of these guys had chances to rotate in and get some time and get some experience so what what are you seeing out of the offensive linemen so far and how well they're coming together with uh, with fall camp now underway well, I mean, I think there's there's a tremendous amount of talent in the room, um, and and potential is probably the best word uh, to use. I think, you know, you, as you stated, obviously they they're it's a little different than being completely green um, and having no experience. Um, you know, several of them got in games. Um, you know, that that's a huge step um, for them, right? I think the biggest thing for offensive linemen is just experiencing the moment, um, you know, the, the looks, the, the execution of things is far different than um, learning about it on a chalkboard or, or you know, walking through it. Um, you know, the game is really on, on defense. You know, one of their main objectives is to confuse the offensive linemen, right? And these are all adults that have been studying the game for a long time and, and they're passionate about what they do and they're good at what they do, right? And so, uh, you know, our job uh, as coaches is to try to help prepare those young men for those scenarios, right? Um, but the best way to learn usually is experiencing it, right? Learning the hard way is what I like to say with my kids, right? right. Um, you know, there's a lot of that that, that occurs uh, with offensive linemen. And so I think it's a huge positive that those guys were in. Um, in, in some of those late games, I think that they've, they've been able to lean on that experience um, and, and come in, I think, with a little more confidence uh, because of that. Um, but, you know, having said that, I will say they, they do have a long way to go. Um, in their growth, um, the potential's there. And, and, you know, to me, that's why this, this fall camp is, um, you know, very important uh, for us in, in our group to, to not only, um, you know, figure out the best five guys, but then also give them time to gel um, and, and create that, that trust that you need to kind of work together.
talk about the chemistry. I mean, there has to be so much communication on the offensive line in, you know, pre-snap reads and all that and all that all those calls. How much time do you guys have to spend on communication before you can even get into fall camp or is that all going to be done during fall camp? Well, you know, we, we spend, they spend a lot of time together. Um, I spend as much time as the NCAA allows me to spend with them. Um, there's a lot of communication that goes on. Um, you know, we have all of that pretty well documented, and we have a plan for that, uh, how we provide them with the communication, how many times they use those calls, uh, those sort of things. But there is a lot of... Um, feel that's involved in the position. Um, things happen really fast on Division One football field, and then things happen really quick in a phone booth, right, in that box that we're in. Um, and so a lot of times there's not time for communication, right? A lot of times it's uh, a feel. A lot, a lot of times it's a feel thing. Um, and the only way you can do that is repetition and, and playing with that, certain individual I think that's um, a a big piece of it Uh, you know offensive linemen are are some of the few people that don't see the football too right we're all watching the ball fans right Uh, defense you know on tv whatever it is announcers right we're all those guys don't see the football right and the only time we see the ball is when it's running past us that's usually a good sign right but so there is a lot of feel um within the game for offensive linemen. And I think that just building that chemistry just takes time. You know, it's uh, offensive linemen are long-term investments. You know, they're, um, it's like marinating a steak, you know. Uh, you can't just throw it on the grill, right? You got to take, it takes some time and, and it takes a, a tremendous amount of work and, and, and really just repetition uh, for them to get, you know, where we all want them to be. When it comes to how they their relationship is going to be with the quarterback and Jordan Love with all of his experience, you know Gerald Bright's experienced, but um, they're going to trying to figure out who the other running backs are and all that is still to be determined. But uh, that trying to build that relationship and rapport with that quarterback position as well, not just with each other on the line, but the signal caller as well. How have they been working with him so far? Well, you know, first off, I'd say, I mean. Jordan is a, is a tremendous young man. Um, you know, he is understanding, I think, of, of where we're at with those young guys on the line. Um, you know, he's a tremendous leader, um, and, and he's also a tremendous football player, right? I mean, he makes, uh, he makes us look really good a lot of the time, you know, and that's, that's just the facts, you know, and I say Bright's the same way, you know, and so that's a huge positive um, for us and and you know I think our biggest thing is is protecting Jordan right making sure that uh, you know those guys aren't getting to him as much as they'd like and uh, you know the more opportunity we can give um, him to do his job I think we're all going to be happy with those results Coach Woods thank you so much uh, have fun as you get ready for uh, first couple of games of football and uh, <laughs> we'll be watching to see how things go yeah, man, I appreciate it. Thanks, guys. All right, that's TJ Woods, offensive line coach for the Utah State Aggies. Good dude. Very loud dude on the field. <laughs> yes. Very energetic guy about the offensive line. Big personality. <laughs> I love him. He's a good dude. Uh, so, Ajay, you were up in practice today. Uh, you got a chance to observe some things that were going on. 
Uh, let's get your thoughts on what you saw with the offensive line and just generally with uh, Utah State football. We'll do that on the other side of this break. Oh, my gosh, what a teaser that was. So you you hold on to that. Such we'll, a good job you're learning how to uh, do radio. So on well. the other side, Ajit will give us his perspective. <laughs> He was up at practice today. It's still going on, by the way. You can still go up there for the yeah. There's still about 45, 45 minutes of practice, and uh, and see for yourself. That's really this week is your last chance between now and Friday. Those are your last chances to go up, and the uh, practices are open to the public. So we'll get Ajay's perspectives on what he observed in practice and more about the offensive line for Utah State football coming up next on the Full Court Press. It doesn't matter who you root for. The Full Court Press has all the high school sports covered. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Eric Franson, Andre Salveson, talking about Utah State football. They were only a couple of weeks away from the... Uh, the opener at Wake Forest. High school football gets underway in, gosh, a little more than a week and a half. Don't remind me, man. I hadn't even prepared. I haven't looked at Bear River's roster. I still got to get all that done. Oh, man. You sure? Hey, you should do color with me, Eric. So you got a chance to go up to see Utah State practice today. And uh, we've been talking about the offensive line. We heard from Alfred Edwards. We heard from TJ Woods. Uh, what have you seen so far in uh, the practices that you've attended? So well, I loved the, the well. I love the first time you asked me the question because you added the second half of it. Well, and what you saw generally from the offense. Because I'm going to be flat out honest. When you watch the offensive line, you try to keep track because they. I mean, they're transferring five guys in, five guys out, three guys in, three guys out. It's just so hard to spot who's in, who's out, and you know who's doing what. Um, I'd say, from what I saw. I didn't see a consistent one except for Alfred Edwards Jr. That's, I mean, that's what I saw. And I might be wrong. I honestly might be wrong. And I'm so sorry to our Aggie fans. But I'm trying to watch the offensive line. A, I, I, they're just switching out so quick. And B, I don't know what else to tell you. But I mean, they look all right. But there's times where the defensive line just dominated them. And it's not because the offensive line is bad. It's because the defensive line is so gosh dang loaded. I mean, when you got D, uh, when you got T. Penalia, we got Justice on one side, and you got you got Chris Unga in the middle. I mean, I know we're all Division One players, but that's a load to have to deal with, and and those guys cause a lot of havoc. And so, for the most part, I, I did see a few gaps created for the uh, for Warren and for Bright, um, which we'll get into in just a little bit on those two guys. But uh, you know, it was it looked fine, honestly. Uh, there's a lot of footwork being going on. Um, Stacy Collins, who I believe Eric is the offensive line coach. No, T.J. Woods. Excuse me, not Stacy yeah, Collins. T.J. Woods. Stacy Collins was there last year. Uh, but yeah, it you know there he preaches on on getting off the ball quickly, and then footwork. I mean, those are two really things, two really big things I could hear him pleading on. Uh, or and you know for the most part, I felt like they were able to do that really well. Again. You're playing against the defensive line that includes one of the best defensive ends in the country. Not just the conference, the country. And then just behind him is one of the best linebackers in the country, too. So, good luck. Yeah, that's a good point. It's it's going to be tough for that offensive line uh, to really look effective in the early going because mm-hmm. they've got such a good unit going up against them. But at the same time, it's a great way to prepare them for the upcoming season. When you're going up against some of the best guys – uh, in as a defensive front, um, 
against inferior competition, uh, which they may see for much of the season, uh, then they're going to, yeah, it'll help accelerate their their progression as they try to get together. But when I was there watching things on Friday, similarly, they uh, they rotated guys in and out quite a bit, and then they were all working positional stuff. So it was hard to really get a great gauge on who's standing out over anybody else. And I think that with so much youth and uh, inex- not necessarily inexperience, but lack of great experience, then uh, I think you might see guys uh, swapped in and out quite a bit through the season. I know it's not ideal. Uh, I think that they like to have a, a group of guys together and always together. Uh, so it may be wholesale changes like a line change for hockey. Um, but, uh, yeah, well, that's still to be developed. I think that's one of the big things to be watching for over the next couple of weeks. Well, what you can see this week and then when the scrimmage happens on August 17th, what that offensive line looks like. How crisp do they look? How together do they do they look? Uh, are they in sync? Uh, so TJ Woods, he's got a big task ahead of him this fall camp. Yeah, he does. And again, this line will be better than what I think many think. And when you lose five offensive linemen who are as big as studs as they were last year and keeping Jordan Love clean, uh, and with the competition they face this, face this year, especially on the other side of the ball, BYU and LSU are the two teams, and Fresno State, that really stand out to me. Uh, it's it, it, it can be a challenge, but I think T.J. Woods and or me, Coach Woods and Coach Anderson and his staff are putting together the best possibility to be able to make sure that uh, Jordan Love stays upright uh, right. as, as long as possible. And, and it's an offensive line that has good size. Yes. I mean, really yes. good yes, size. Yes, 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 yes. So uh, keeping them healthy, keeping them mobile, uh, getting them to uh, be in sync with each other. You know, th- those are the big things that are, need to be you know, fine-tuned over these next couple of weeks. Sure, this year. absolutely. Uh, gen- generally speaking of the uh, uh, of the camp itself, um, offense looked great. Honestly, they do. I you know there's a, there's actually three or four runs where they weren't called out stretch runs, but Gerald Bright would be able to you know he's he's looking for that A gap, looking for the B gap, nothing there, nothing there, and then just you know. Two steps sideways, and then he's off around the outside, and he's gone. He did that twice. I mean, his footwork and his vision is really, really, really good. And I think that's something that we didn't really recognize last year because you got Darwin Thompson in front of you just bowling guys over and breaking 10 tackles for a 30-yard touchdown. And so in that regard, I think Gerald Bright looked really, really good. And Warren's another guy, by the way, um, who is gonna he's going to get some reps. I, I think Warren's going to get some looks. I think Warren's going to be a... Uh, a dual, th- well, not a dual threat running back, but um, a guy who's going to be able to find gaps, squeeze into little spaces, and be able to create big gains out of it. Riley Burt's another guy, too. And, and when I look at the lineup, I would guess, and then this is, I'm not a coach and, and I don't know anything, but I'm guessing that it would go Bright, Warren, and then Riley Burt. Riley Burt, again, is a good dual running back. I want to say dual, a good running back and a ball carrier, but then also a better receiver as well. Uh, I liked what I saw from him. Again, the receivers, Eric, have really stood out to me. Tompkins has looked so good. Tompkins has, I mean, there's three throws that were probably way out in front of him. He's, re, he's able to reach out, get low, get his hands in front of the ball, and, and make a great catch. Uh, Jordan Nathan, again, looks like Jordan Nathan. Savon Scarver looked really, really good, too. It looks like he's getting really comfortable in that receiver position. He's going to have to be maybe one of those X guys. Uh, you know, you got the X, Y, and Z. I think he's going to be an X. Um, and Taylor Compton, by the way, Taylor Compton has great hands. He can hold on to a ball. He can take a hit. He's not scared about going over the middle. Uh, you know, people talk about, well, you lose Green, you lose Tarver, you lose Raymond, and I was one of the guys, too. 
when I watched that receiving corpse, they got just as much speed. I mean, they may not have the height, in my opinion, but they've got a ton of speed that can get you from point A to point B really, really quickly. And if Jordan just needs to throw it up there and say, I need you to go this many yards and this many seconds to get there, I think the receivers have a pretty good chance. I like this receiving core, Eric. Yeah, I do too. Uh, that was something that I was impressed with that I enjoyed watching when I was there on, uh, on Friday. Uh, just to how they uh, how they move, you know, how they uh, are able to track the ball, uh, some of their speed. Uh, granted, they weren't running up against uh, cornerbacks or safeties one-on-one or linebackers, uh, but uh, it, it, there is a little more size there than than we anticipated, and uh, it is a, a good mobile group. And similarly, I liked uh, Taylor Compton, sure hands, uh, and the, the way he was able to secure everything and bring it in, it's just it seemed like he had strong hands, was able to uh, get uh, bring those passes in firmly. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's a good wide receivers group. And I'm curious to see how this running back group uh, comes together as well. Warren, the JC transfer from Snow College, uh, well, not that big, only about five foot eight. Gerald Bright's not that big, uh, but uh, Riley Burt six foot one. So it's a it's a big change up when you have Bright and Warren maybe as your one and two punch, uh, and Burt kind of comes in to mix it up with a bigger back, bigger style uh, that can uh, hopefully be in those positions on third and short, third and a few inches, be your power back to kind of move the chains, yeah. move the line a little bit just fall down and get you three yards. Yeah. So uh, it's an interesting group that's coming together. Yeah, no, it is. And it's and there's depth to it, too. I mean, you, you, I mean you just, there's really not a huge drop-off. And another guy that, I, you know, I don't think we've even mentioned him, but Caleb Rep. Uh, I was very impressed with him. The other he, day. he Carson Terrell looked like he was a for-sure star until Caleb, Caleb Rep came into play. Caleb might be seeing time over... Carson Terrell, to be quite honest with you. Caleb has looked really... And on, I was there on Saturday for oh, about half hour, 45 minutes. Caleb looked fantastic. <laughs> He's got great high, Eric. He has... And, and, and the thing, if you want to become a trusted receiver, kids, uh, to your quarterback, be a good route runner. If you can be a good route runner, which means you can sell a route. When I say sell a route, you can... If it's an out and go then you can be able to sell the out and make the go. If it's a you know, if it's a hitch, you can hard step at five yards, turn and catch the ball. Caleb Rep can do about everything for as big as he is. And he can high point a ball really, really well. Great hands, gets him in front of him. Uh, you know, arms stretched out. He has good length, good size, and great athletic ability. Caleb has really impressed me in the past three days. Well, and he looks physical too. Oh yeah. And he's not afraid to get a hit. He's, in fact, he used to be the guy who used to go hit people. Now he's getting hit. He's not scared of that at all. No, yeah, he's the guy that can mix it up on the on that offensive line if you needed him as a blocking tight end. But they could also all of a sudden break free mm-hmm. and uh, do some real damage for you in the open field. Yep. Yeah, exciting to see how this team's coming together. More practices over the next couple of days that are open to the public. Uh, and pretty much it's the same schedule, right? 245 to about 515. Yep, every practice that is open will be 245 to 515 leading up to August 17th where you'll get uh, Football Family well, Fun just Day. 245 to 515 just until this Friday. Oh, yeah, sorry. And then it's closed. And then it's closed for the rest of the way. They have the first scrimmage on Saturday. That's closed. And then you got Football Family Fun Day, Saturday, 5 p.m., Maverick Stadium. Everybody's welcome to go and uh, see the team compete before they get ready for the Demon Deacons on August 30th. 
I hey, can't believe we're already there. Oh my heck! Hey, did you see the video today? The uh, uh, USU football released the video of the the new locker rooms that are finally done. No, I haven't yet. Oh man, it looks awesome. How come it, it looks? Can I ask you it something? It looks power five. That's great. And big, I mean, and that's wonderful. Very and slick. And I'm so happy. Nice. And it really is cool. And it makes me happy for the football team. How come the basketball team doesn't get taken care of like this? Do they have a new locker room yet? I mean, they've they've gone I mean, a couple years ago. They redid some things. Oh, did they? Yeah. Okay. I mean, just as long. I mean, Wickledger like, Brothers, I thought stepped in and. Uh, oh, okay. Cool. Well, as long as they're getting taken care of, because look, that basketball team a little while, but. brought in some heavy, you know, attraction to them, and one guy in particular, and next year's gonna be two guys in particular. I hope they get some love too. You know, maybe uh, maybe a couple of snack bars in there or something. <laughs> An extra cold bo- uh, bottle of water. Yeah. Yes. That that's always important. Very chilled. All right. <laughs> Chill. More more observations about oh, USU man. football. Uh, a reminder: we are a two-hour show. Uh, we've expanded to two hours again. Oh yeah, we still got one more hour. We'll don't be we? on the air until six o'clock tonight. Love to uh, be a part of it, and I'd love to have you be a part of it too. We need an update: who won pick six? No, we don't. Eric won. There you go. Update, you happy? Update what happened. Hey, did you like my text week? message back to you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I love it. But, uh, what are you getting for me this time? We need to figure that out. I mean, to get you what the text message showed you. <laughs> oh, that's how my treat is. Uh, twig and berries. Um, so we'll <laughs> also be talking about some NBA next hour. Carmelo Anthony making some news. Uh, Donovan Mitchell, how much will he be involved in Team USA? As they get ready for the FIBA World Cup and uh, the best duos in the NBA, current versus new, uh, we'll, we'll discuss and we'll debate some of that coming up next hour. We're going to play Game of Quidditch too. Back by popular demand as a seasonal special, the Iberian Burger has returned to Morty's Cafe. The Iberian Burger is inspired by Spanish flavors and topped with homemade romesco sauce, chorizo, a one-third pound of mouth-watering Angus patty, plus garlic aioli mayo, caramelized onions, and provolone cheese. I bet you can't even remember what the burger's name is. Come and try the Iberian Burger at Morty's Cafe on Darwin Avenue and Morty's Cafe at Blue Square. This is Jeff John, head golf professional at Logan River Golf Course. August is upon us and it's club championship time. The men's club championship qualifying is Saturday, August 3rd, and the women's championship is August 6th and 13th. Call the golf shop for details. We have our Callaway Demo Day August 13th from 1 to 5. Our last junior camp of the year is August 5th through the 8th. Great time to get your kids in one more camp before they go back to school. And we are continuing to have our couples league every Thursday and our very popular four holes for $6 special. Logan River Golf Course, play fast play fair, play well. In the Army National Guard, family means everything. Our parents, they were really supportive that all five of us would join. I got my education because of the Guard. I got to travel a little bit and experience a whole different culture. They helped me get my job, helped me pay for my house. Serving part-time in the Army National Guard instills pride that you and your family will share. Visit NationalGuard.com to learn more about part-time service. Sponsored by the Utah Army National Guard. Aired by the Utah Broadcasters Association and this station. 
If you have a red face or bumps and pimples as an adult, you could have rosacea. 16 million Americans have the skin disorder, often called the great pretender because it can mimic a sunburn or acne. But without treatment, rosacea usually gets worse and becomes a serious burden on daily life. But it doesn't have to. Advances in medical care make clear skin possible. If you have facial redness or bumps and pimples, see a dermatologist or visit the National Rosacea Society at rosacea.org. Northern Utah and Southern Idaho's home for sports. It's the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Eric Franson, Andre Salveson, Full Court Press, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. Streaming online, 1069thefan.com. You can see our past episodes there as well in podcast form or subscribe to various different podcast platforms, and we are there as well. So uh, earlier in the show, we heard from Alfred Edwards. We heard from Coach TJ Woods. Certainly an offensive line uh, focused discussion earlier on. Uh, we did talk a little bit about running backs and wide receivers. A lot of talk about the offense, Ajay. Anything defensively that stood out to you today when you went up to practice? Uh, defensively, uh, you know, there's there's some mishaps. I think there's a couple of miscommunications, maybe um, missed assignments, if you will, defensively. But I think nothing major to nothing major for the most part. Shaq Baum looks really, really, really good. He looks fantastic. He honestly does. Uh, and, and I know we talked about him before, and we'll talk about him again. You'll probably hear his name throughout the season, to be honest with you. Troy LaFred Jr. is still impressing me. Like, the guy is still balling out here in fall camp. He's he's someone that stood out to me. Andre Grayson Jr. Uh, he and, and another thing, with this defensive backfield, actually got some height on him, too. Yeah. I mean, they really do. They yeah, actually they have got a little bit of size, size on him. So and which will help them come power five opponents like Wake Forest, LSU, uh, in independents like BYU. But I really was actually impressed with some of the defensive backs and just their size. I I really never knew until I watched it today. Men line up against smaller receivers, but yet they're able to keep step by step with them. Nice. It, this is exciting. It, it's fun to have football back. It's exciting to see this coaching staff with some familiar faces. Some new faces, yeah, uh, and see like who's going to step out and, and really perform well for the Aggies this year. And I think there was nine kicks. If you're looking at special teams and we're wondering about them, nine field goal attempts, all of them were good, and they they cleared it by ten, fifteen yards. That for me, the the question isn't does Utah State have the ability to get field goals, make punts, have returns. For me, the question is, what's the depth that those? Positions? Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, absolutely. Because after, do you remember what happened that Colorado State game? Why Savon Scarver wasn't fielding that punt? Who was it that had botched it? Was it Tompkins who fumbled it? I can't remember who fumbled that in in the final minute of the game that gave Colorado State a chance. Well, they did, it did end up scoring, <laughs> and then we went and scored, and they came back and scored and got it with drama. Who was it that botched the punt? I cannot remember for the life of me who gave that punt up. But that's that's the problem remember. with having like Savon Scarver out is you need somebody who's going to come in and be able to execute that because if you have that happen again, look, we we got away with it last time. Honestly, we we got away with one. But uh, 
if you you got to have somebody who's been able to fill the punt just as cleanly or a kick return just as cleanly as Savon Scarver can. If you don't, you're in serious trouble. Because right. with Savon Scarver playing that offensive side, I mean, God willing, I mean, you don't know what's going to happen. Right. Who are those other guys that can feel the punt? Yes. Uh, they have the sure hands that are willing to stand in there when everybody's breathing down their neck and running down at them like a freight train. Yeah. Stand in there coolly and just take it. Uh, another thing that really stood out to me defensively, David Woodward. Uh, we, uh, I know Justin Enna, or excuse me, I got to quit calling my first name. Uh, Coach Enna talked about the uh, ability to be able to, uh, that David is instinctful. Dude, he did it like three times today. I mean, the plays come in and he's, and he's already motioning to a, I don't want to get into too much detail because I want to give away it on radio on air, but, you know, a play's being called. He's seeing the play develop before it's even being ran. And he's able to make it to the right spot to, uh, you know, to, to stop, you know, the run play or to, I mean, for, for a pass break, can't talk today, pass breakup. Uh, I, I think he's just, my gosh, that defense is going to be great. And, when, and we've already talked about it before, but when you allow him to roam around, uh, it gives you a little bit more freedom. So Exciting to see how it continues to develop. Uh, again, practices going on. 2.45 to 5.15, mm-hmm. Monday through Friday this week. Yep. And then they're closed practices. Yep. There will be a scrimmage on August 17th, uh, starting at 5 o'clock in the stadium. But other than that, it's it's going to be closed. So these are your only opportunities. And just go up there. Just hang out. Yeah, Watch what they're doing. Yeah, it's fun. It really is. It's fun. And you can kind of see for yourself what you know what we've been talking about. And, uh, again, idea. Again, 2.45, 5.15, uh, today through Friday. Or is it Saturday? Right. Friday. Friday, because they'll do a closed scrimmage, scrimmage on Saturday. And then we're done until the 17th. We don't hear from them or see them until 17th. So, no. uh, yeah, yeah, get, get a good look at them while you can. Um, and then the Football Family Fun Day will come on the 17th, and you'll get you know, be, able to be part of the festivities, but again, get a good look at this team and, and see what they're a part of. Coming up next hour, well, yes, there will be another hour of the Full Court Press. We'll be on here for an additional hour. And uh, we'll, we'll talk about the NBA. Uh, we'll talk about this uh, World Cup, FIBA World Cup, who will and won't participate because that seems to be an ever-changing <laughs> discussion about who will be there and who won't. And there's a question of whether or not Donovan Mitchell will be uh, will make the roster, and if he does, how much he'll get used. So we'll talk about that. Carmelo Anthony discussion uh, over the weekend. Will Does he still have a place in the NBA, or is are his playing days done and uh, some of the trades or some of the free agent moves in the NBA in this offseason, what are some of the best duos in the NBA, newly created versus those that are coming back? And so we'll th- debate that. Also look into uh, who won pick six. Uh, it's one We of just talked about that. Great things that we do every week where we discuss uh, and recap some of the things that happened over the weekend. And uh, it was a good weekend. I just... I'll just leave it at, at that. Great. Then we don't have to talk about it then. I just want to know what you brought me. That's I, I didn't bring you anything today because I was too angry. <laughs> it's How many weeks in a row is it? It just sucks. <laughs> anyway, that's I'm coming up next hour in the Full Court Press. Yeah, you're coming up next I'm hour. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. Last week, Jets running back Le'Veon Bell had some interesting comments on fantasy football. He apologized for holding out last season to all the people who drafted him. I like where Bell is going. In the past, players usually scoff at fantasy. They don't want to hear about it. They don't want to be viewed as just a collection of stats. But 
What if instead of a fantasy football team, you had a fantasy football family? Once you draft somebody, they're your guy and vice versa. After a touchdown, I'd like Antonio Brown to turn to the camera and say, that's for you, Billy, in Schenectady. You believed in me and took me number one overall. Of course, one problem is that people are in multiple leagues and there's not a lot of loyalty there. What Bell may not have realized is people also had James Conner last year and didn't care that he held out. But still, it's a good thing. When it comes to fantasy football, we're all in this together, right? Good luck drafting the right guy for you. And hopefully, he loves you for it. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise.